your music is not making you over 40k a year, please go and get a job. Welcome to the DIY Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Nico Santana. This is brought to you by DistroKid. Get 7% off your yearly membership plan, distrokid.com forward slash VIP forward slash Nico Santana. This is a first installment of a DIY Artist Podcast. My name is Nico Santana. I'm an artist, creative, and Latino entrepreneur. Uh, today's guest, first guest on the podcast is my boy Prodigal. Just to give you a brief introduction on who he is, uh, I met this guy on a, a tour, Hip Hop and Tacos tour uh, in Houston. We've, we've actually spoken before that, but that was my official time, the first time meeting him. Young artist, man, fresh out, you know, fresh out the gate. It came with uh, really well-developed content. Uh, production value was high. He really knew what to do, how to do it, and do it the right way. And more importantly, you know, he has a strong why. He has an affinity towards the the Christian hip hop genre, uh, which is a genre, if you're not familiar with it, that has been blossoming over the past dec decade, if not more. Um, so he definitely knows how to navigate both a niche audience, himself, you know, being a part of that community, great marketer, I would say, and a great artist. So. Uh, I'd like to uh, officially welcome you to the podcast, Prodigal. Yeah, no, thank you so much for having me, man. I hope this turns into a series. I really do. I, I want to see more episodes, man. I think this is definitely something that you'll be excelling at for sure. Just from the starting introduction, I, I love how you introduced me. So I know you're going to do well. Yeah, man. Like, uh, as you said, like, my name is Prodigal. I'm straight from Houston, Texas, Mo City. Um, man, I've just, uh, I started honestly doing Christian hip hop since I released my first project in 2019. Uh, been kind of like putting in the work maybe like a year or two before that kind of, you know, uh, figuring my way out around a microphone and like recording myself and also like trying to figure out what my, my name should be and all these different things. So, uh, but once I kind of settled on everything, you know, I released my first project in 2019, it was called Identity. Um, and then been doing it ever since. And, you know, hopefully, I mean, I think, um, you know, if, if speaking for myself, like, I feel like I have progressed, but, um, you know, still got a long ways to go. Um, you know, again, like you said, I'm just, just right out of the gate right now, just like a new artist, right? Relatively super new and um, just trying to absorb information as much as much as I can and really um, just putting myself out there and connecting with people. That's the main thing, you know, connecting with the, the CHA genre in general and, uh, and also the Catholic side of things as well. I've been lucky to meet a lot of uh, Catholic artists such as yourself and Foundation um, and, and also the new guys like Cody Free and Cold Kodesh and all these dudes that are just really coming out. So, um, yeah, it's been awesome uh, just being in the space. So, Again, thank you so much for having me, bro. Man, no, the uh, the honor is mine, all mine, really. And and you're you're super hum humble when it comes to it, just talking about your craft and you know the way that you've approached things. I've, uh, it, I think to me it's important to be a forever student, right? And that takes a level of humility that oftentimes gets lost, especially in the genre of hip hop and, I mean, any genre. Period. I've seen, you know, I've I've been around enough musicians to know when people get, you know, kind of a, a, a balloon head, if you will, and, and, and others who are, you know, forever learners and students. So, so I definitely appreciate that from you. Uh, but, you know, we, we've had discussion, discussions offline before, multiple discussions, not just you, but uh, Colt Kadesh, who you mentioned earlier. And, uh, you know, coming from at least my perspective of somebody who's been doing this and pursuing this for well over 10 years and, and really still feeling like an amateur, still, still feeling like a novice. 
I've learned a lot from you. So let's talk about some of the things that you and I have talked about offline and kind of bring, bring light some of these subjects that a lot of artists maybe don't really think about as much, um, but perhaps should. Uh, one of those things is, um, you know, you've been releasing music here uh, for the last, I don't know, what would, what would you say, like about a year or so? Um, yeah, a little bit more than a year. A little bit more than a year. Okay. Uh, talk about yeah, oh, there you go. Okay. So yeah. two years. And talk about your strategy from how you've packaged your music, released it, uh, singles, EPs, albums, what have you done and what have you seen that has worked better for you? Yeah. So I think, you know, I guess I'm kind of like an, well, I used to be, right? I was an old head in the sense of, I mean, and, and I know that some people might be, might have a, a, a problem with using that term when I'm explaining it, but basically I really thought that my first like gateway or entry into uh, a genre like CHH or even hip hop in general would be a dope album. Like, like I was thinking like in a mixtape mindset, right? Mm -hmm. When like people would drop mixtapes before an album and all these different things. And I'm just like, not really looking to drop mixtapes, but I can just drop an album so that I'll seem more professional, right? right? Uh, that I'm like, I'm, I'm in it for the long run kind of thing not really analyzing what's going on within music in general, which is people are dropping singles and maximum EPs, like four to five songs packaged together, right? Or singles, or maybe even two song singles, right? Like the two pack kind of thing that people sometimes do. Um, and so I, but I not knowing any of this, just like dropped, I guess I dropped two singles to lead into an album, right? Which is like, relatively it was short it was nine songs uh not counting the intro and an interlude like it's seven full songs um but i but it was marketed as an album and i think that was definitely something that as i progressed through my career i realized that that might not have been the best way to go about it because i don't have an audience right i don't have an audience to consume to sit down and consume a full album is in its entirety, right? They're not invested in me. They don't know me. They don't know my name. They might be like, prodigal, who is this dude? All right, from Houston, Texas. All right, cool, I rock with Houston, but what's this guy got to offer, right? Now, a few people might have chosen, might have chosen down and, and listened to the full album, but honestly, if I listened, if I, even if I even asked a few of my friends, right? Because that was really my kind of my, my warm audience, which is the people who are close to me, right? Uh, who would support me no matter what. I don't think they've listened to the full album, right? I think they were, they listened to only a few songs off of it and that's it. Maybe the singles, I know that my first single was called Lion's Den um, mm -hmm. and the second one's Gasoline. I know people who still listen to Lion's Den because it was a single, right? right? And it was like a hype song and like everything, you know, everyone really like connected with that and all that stuff. But to this day, I don't know if anyone sat down and listened to that full album from front to back, you know? Like from top to bottom, I don't think anyone's really sat down and listened to it. So I realized that that as I kept going, like as I started, you know, connecting with people in the industry, I realized that, well, Spotify, like if you look at D, like digital streaming platforms, if you look at that, like they are really streamlined for singles and for singles to be placed into playlists. Yeah. Right. And so people pick out this one song that they're rocking with and then they'll put it into uh, maybe a playlist with uh, people who follow that because they like that sort of regret. And then hopefully they'll 
turn to your music for future releases and then you can you know build it build it up that way but right now like what i'm seeing is like the the go-to method for releasing music as an independent artist because again you gotta ima- you gotta think right we're putting money into this thing right okay? unless you're doing everything on your own which is i have the most utmost respect for you but if because if you're doing everything like production mixing cover art um uh promo like everything if you're doing that on your own like i will applaud you like forever <laughs> you know but for some people for a lot of people for me like i don't have particularly the time to sit down and listen to 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 learn how to uh produce right, right. or makes your engine it makes or master right um or do cover art i'm horrible at art first of all like i can't imagine anything in my head and put it in like art form that's horrible like i don't i don't have that kind of vision but uh but what i am good at is writing songs and rapping and so that's what i'm gonna be focusing on and so i outsource it to people so imagine like you're releasing like an album full of songs and you're possibly spending around maybe a thousand uh, okay let's bring it down maybe like 500 per song Okay, yeah. that's probably in terms of like mixing, mastering, cover art, and all that stuff. Multiply it by like ten, right? How much are you really spending? That's a lot of money, right? And albums in this day and age, they don't have that same return. Whereas a single might have it because people are so in tune with listening to two, two minute, thirty seconds, or even less. Yeah. Uh, they're so in tune listening to that and absorbing that much. And then moving on to the next thing, because again, music has changed so much where it's like, it's really hard to build a loyal fan base. It is possible. I'm not saying it's impossible. It is very possible, but you got to put a little bit more work in. Right now, everyone's like so focused on that. um, I guess you put out enough Mm -hmm. to where people will be like, okay, I know this guy. Now I'm ready to check out his EP, which is just like a four, maybe four or five song package. And then from there you build on to once you build a fan base and um, I guess, yeah, I guess that's how you really build in this day and age. And, you know, there may be other ways too, but I guess it's the most common go-to way for doing that. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you saying, and, and you really said a lot there. Uh, but, but the concept of it all is, is very, uh, it's fundamental, right? It's, it's one of those things where, um, I think going back to, you know, you were saying building a building an audience, right? I think that that's a concept that oftentimes um, we don't really think about strategically as artists because we're so left brain that when it comes to our right brain, the strategy, the business side of things, it, it doesn't really click until there's a need for it to click. And you mentioned investing $500, maybe even $1,000 on, on a single work. Well, if you're making that type of investment, you know, you better get your business right because you're not in it for the long haul if you're spending that kind of money, but not really seeing a return or not hoping to see a return uh, due to lack of planning or whatnot. Uh, and, and by the way, I want to give a huge shout out to uh, my Patreon community, man, they, you know, they've been sponsoring me for, for years now. Um, I'm revamping the community. I, I meant to mention this in the beginning. I'm revamping the community to create uh, kind of like an artist or, or creative community uh, there where, you know, people like Prodigal, myself and others who I've been speaking to on these 
types of subjects can either be a support system, uh, hopefully bringing them in for more conversations like this um, and supporting their artistry as well, but um, also giving you guys the tools and resources that you need uh, to scale your music up and, and hopefully build a business around that. So uh, more to come on that, patreon.com forward slash Nico Santana. Um, so yeah, going back to the business side of things, um, one thing that you mentioned was really important is building that audience. Um, I've learned a lot from tech startups because I feel like they're kind of um, raw and uh, just just all over the place like most musicians and artists are. And, and one thing that I've noticed about tech startups is, you know, they'll have their investment rounds, right? So they'll have like crowdfunding or, you know, they'll have like series A, like series A B, C, D, et cetera, of investors, uh, investment funding. Uh, that will provide them the necessary tools or uh, funds really to create and iterate a project that they may have um, already built up, which is typically referred to as an MVP, a, mo uh, a minimum viable product, right? And that's kind of what your singles are. Your singles are your minimum viable product. If you invest $200 into a well-crafted single and then you get good reception from it or good feedback from it, you could see and tweak so that the next single which is the next iteration of your product, right? Can be better and so on and so forth until you get to a place where not only have you built a good audience up, you've figured out your sound, you've kind of mastered it. And then from there, like you mentioned, having a warm audience, you have a warm audience where now you could send them to the EP, send them to the album. And more importantly, now you could start doing product offerings like merch, you know, shows, so on and so forth. Um, so talk to me about, you know, talk to me about some of the strategies that you've seen have worked for you as far as um, actually making a business around your music and perhaps some of the things that you're still trying to figure out um, right now. Yeah. Um, and again, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I'm an expert on these things, right? Like, again, like a lot of y'all, like I might be starting out. I I'm definitely starting out, you know, uh, but like, again, it's the, be the best thing to do is sit back and learn from people, right? Right. People who have been doing this for a while, people who have been doing it like, like you. And I know a few other people like, like Jay Crumb. Um, I know Ruslan, you know, these guys like provide so many gems for you to use. Um, and they're so accessible. They're so free. Right. I mean, I know that uh, Crumb just dropped like uh, an artist elevate course in, uh, in marketing, you know, and how to uh, find your niche audience and how to really um, exploit that. So you can actually get products sold or, you know, get people excited for albums or even physical sales like vinyls or uh, CDs or whatever it is. Right. Not just like uh, you go on to iTunes or Bandcamp and you download the full album. Like, I mean, that's awesome. And that's definitely one step that I'm trying to implement. Right. But um, there's also another step where like people are actually excited to get your physical items. Right. And then yeah. merch figures into that and albums uh, figure into that as well. Um, so for me, you know, just I think one thing is that like you got to treat this like a business. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, it's or you have two ways to go about it. So if you want to make this your career, then you have to think about it like a business. If you want right. to think of it as a hobby, then you got a very expensive hobby right and you got a very expensive hobby and if that's okay like if you can afford it that's great right but you can't expect the same results yeah. right if you're like spending less time on things if you're you know uh just 
putting music out just for fun, like you can't expect to blow up or, you know, uh, have the algorithm work for you or like, uh, you know, just people naturally discover you and they'd be like, oh, you know, they're onto you. No, because you're just doing it as a hobby. You're not putting the same amount of work and like a person who's serious and really considering this a business, they're putting maybe like twice or thrice the amount of work that you're putting in, yeah. right? Maybe even more. Um, and so really one thing that uh, people say is uh, that I have still yet to do is uh, registering as an LLC or, you know, as a company in itself, like where you can actually legitimize and for tax purposes and stuff like that, just like make you legitimate, right? Um, that can also open up so much more in terms of, um, um, you know, selling your merch or selling CDs or whatever the case is, right? So, uh, definitely, if you want to think on a business mindset, register your business, register your music, um, register your music business, uh, registering your music is completely something different, but uh, register yourself, your brand as, uh, as a business and, and get that ball rolling so that you will get into that business mindset. But it also, when it comes down to mindset as well, it's more like, again, like how much time am I willing to put into it, right? How much money am I willing to invest in it? Um, am I willing to put in the hard work right now so you can reap off it? Because I know people who want to get the benefits right now and not willing to work for it. Right. You know, and that's a very dangerous kind of mindset, you know, especially if you have like an elevated kind of sense of yourself or your music, like it's not going to end up well, right? Because again, we're in a very concentrated, very cluttered field. Um, And there are so many people, and I'm not even talking about CHH, I'm talking about hip hop in general. Yeah. Everyone and their moms are going to be, are trying to be rappers now, (laughs) right? Like, yeah. So um, again, it, it depends on like how, where are you trying to branch off into as well? Like, are you just focusing on music? I know you and I have talked about this and and Colt, you know, are you trying to go into mixing and mastering? Like, you know, trying to expand on your skills, like building yourself as a brand, like you do the music, you do the mixing, you do the mastering and all this stuff, or uh, you can go about it another way, which is again, merch, uh, making your own designs, you know, and setting yourself up as that kind of person, right? I know that uh, KB did that with Native Supply, um, you know, he might not be the best at mixing and mastering. I don't think he does it on his own, but I know that on the graphic design side of things, or like he can do, he runs Native Supply, or he's part, of, I think he's an owner of it. Um, yeah. You know, he has excelled in that area, you know. So figuring out where you excel and where you can play to your strengths, I think it'd be like very important right now. So for me, it's uh, it's the music side of things. It's also TikTok for me. Like I'm trying to build on uh, that platform, trying to make content, make a feature called wavy Wednesdays. Uh, I'm trying to make, um, you know, now I'm trying to see if I can do some motivational stuff, if I can do some funny stuff, you know, just building my brand to where it's just like, you know, he's, he is a musician. Yes. But he's also a very versatile person, right? right? Like he can, he can, he can really uh, focus and be uh, on his music thing, but also, you know, it's not just like a robotic kind of, oh, I am a musician, check me out. It's more like he's actual, actually a person and that makes me more relatable to people, right? right? That makes you like, like he's not just another, um, just not, not just another um, entertainer, he is an actual person. And so that's kind of part of my brand is like, you know, I don't want to be presented as just a, like uh, as a rapper, I just want to be like, I am a well-rounded person and I can use these platforms to show that to new people who are like, f- like finding me out for the first time through whatever it may be, through Spotify playlists or through TikTok or whatever it is. So, you know, I think there are multiple ways to go about it, but your mindset has to be first, like, 
how much time and how much money am I willing to invest in this and where, which fields, which platforms can I use to uh, play to my strengths? Yeah, no, that's a good point, man. And, and, you know, just kind of giving this, uh, my perspective on it and like you mentioned earlier you know i definitely we're not coming to you guys or this video is not necessarily meant to be a platform or uh what would you call it um a panel of of experts but really just artists who have uh tried failed maybe and learned some things whether it's through conversations like you mentioned jay crumb and a few other people uh or, or or trying right and and testing different things out and like for me, just to give you an example, for me, where when I came into music, it was very much the people buying your album on iTunes, but the uh, the the ceiling, or rather the um, the entry point, was a little bit more difficult for you to become an artist because we didn't have as much access to a lot of the tools that you and I now have access to. For example. Uh, and I know I shout shout out DistroKid on my videos and stuff like that, but the reason why I shout them out is because I was a heavy user, uh, heavy user. I was a user of DistroKid before they ever came across my page and started sponsoring me because I I could pay you know what was it like twenty bucks a year, upload as many times as I wanted, which means that I could upload singles and do that that whole strategy. Whereas before with the previous distributor who I won't mention, I had to pay like I think it was like twenty four ninety nine per single release if I'm not mistaken, and it was like 50 something bucks for an album release. And as a kid coming out of college, and even when I was in college, like I couldn't afford that, right. And so um, to your point, I didn't have a budget in mind, I didn't really have like a strategy, uh, as far as like how I would make that money back. I just knew that I loved music, I had a heightened sense of self, because I had kind of struck gold with the situation that I was in, which was I was in a hip hop group that kind of fit a need in the market without us necessarily strategically planning ourselves in that. We were part of a Catholic hip hop group. And at the time, there weren't a lot of Catholic artists doing what we did. So we would get bookings, get flown out to shows, get paid for our music. So I thought that that would uh, follow through with my own individual artist music without necessarily labeling it as such. And that's when kind of reality hit, right? And that's when I had to like peel back the layers and understand a little bit more of the business side of things, figure that out. Um, you know, uh, as far as the, as far as the business side of it goes, you know, I think it's difficult to kind of changing topics a little bit. I think it's difficult to solely rely on streaming revenue for those who, those of us who are, you know, whether it's 10,000, 1,000 listeners a month or, or somewhere between zero and 10,000. I think it's difficult for us to see a really good monthly revenue stream for that. Um, merch is, is definitely a good way to do it, to doing that. And I think if you keep your overhead a little bit low, meaning that you do production yourself and you don't outsource, you could definitely get more bang for your buck. Um, my group and I, uh, Foundation, which you mentioned earlier, Prodigal, uh, we've done, um, uh, basically it's, it's print, print on demand. And because our audience, you know, supports us, we've, we've seen somewhat of a decent return on that, but most of that gets put back into services, which you mentioned earlier, the mixing and the mastering, uh, we, you know, we've hired graphic designers as well. Um, and even if you do all that stuff yourself, by the way, even if you are your own producer, your own mix, mixing and mastering engineer, even if you can record yourself and, and I've learned a few of those things, 
um, you still got to pay for things. Like you still got to pay for the equipment. Number one, you still got to pay for the distribution services, even if they're cheap, you still got to pay for, um, I would encourage people to still pay for marketing services. Like even if you can promote yourself, I would still say allocate at least one to 3% of your budget to paid ads um, because you never know who may be watching and depending on the platform, it, it, it might actually work really well for you. And I'm not saying spend all your money on ads, uh, but there's definitely a strategic way of doing that. And there's definitely throwing money in the air and, and really hoping that something catches. So let's, let's shift over to that. Cause you and I have had some conversations on that before. And, um, and I think you've brought up some good points about how to run ads and what you've heard from other people. Um, and I can give you my perspective. Um, I, I practically decided maybe a little over two, two years ago that I was going to change my focus from being, or from trying to pursue full-time, um, artistry or being a full-time artist to just kind of being an entrepreneur all in all in all. Um, and I've been able to offer like digital marketing services to companies. So I've run ads for companies. I've been able to run uh, or to do digital media for uh, companies as well. So I've been able to do their videography and stuff like that. So I've learned a lot from that side. Um, but I think the artist world is a little bit more particular. I think that because you are building a personal brand yourself, like you have to be more focused on perhaps the organic and then from there do, um, do more of the paid ads. Like what are your thoughts on that? And, and what are some strategies that you've heard other artists implement or that you've implemented yourself? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, um, I kind of going back to what you were saying with the one to 3% on, on paid ads, right. Um, definitely set aside some money for some paid ads. I think, um, you know, because the 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 concept or the point of an ad of running ads is really just to get the get your name out there so that people who haven't heard of you before, right, um, can actually be like, oh, okay, who is this guy? Or like, get to listen to your music or whatever content you're trying to put an ad to, right? Um, and so, you know, when you're running ads you have to be targeting the right group of people, right? Like, you know that your music might sound similar to like Lecrae or uh, Andy Minio or NF or whatever it is, or maybe even Kanye. Like, I don't know if you see HH, but he's gospel. So, uh, but if your music sounds similar to that, right? Like there's an audience that is also receptive to listening to similar kinds of music. So first knowing what your sound is and knowing your, um, I guess, style is very important, right? Yeah. Because a lot of people might be like, they might have that kind of uh, the Lecrae sound, but they honestly sound like Lil Uzi, right? Or, or Playboy Cardi or whatever, right? So right. having an awareness of what you sound like is like super important because you know who you're targeting, right? Who the people, uh, who's who will be willing to listen to your music, who will be willing to click that link and, you know, check out your music through a, you know, uh, through a snippet of what they've heard, right? Yeah. So running ads is definitely important because you're exposing yourself to new people. Um, and, you know, definitely the kind of ads that you run need to be obviously like visually appealing because you need to capture a person's attention. Uh, the, the snippet. Um, okay, so the main thing that I would really recommend is like running video ads, right? Like, like with audio from your music so that people can actually like get to listen to what you sound like so that they can make an informed decision as to whether or not they should check out the music or keep scrolling. You know, they're like, there's two, two options right there. You either click the link or you go, you keep scrolling, right? And you need something that captures people's attention. From from that click in the bio or f from that click from the ad, 
then you have other options like you can either listen to the music on streaming platforms you can have an uh, you can include an option to where you know if they really rock with your stuff like you can have them enter their email in your bio so you can have an email contact list going so you can update them on future events or merch drops or new music or whatever it is right so you're building up someone who can be potentially loyal to you doesn't mean that you know because from there there's like more you know more branches where they can be like oh i don't want to be subscribed to you anymore or they just delete the email or they actually check out the stuff they open the email or they check out you know your music whatever so there's different options but the first thing that you do is all right, is my content for the ad visually appealing and sonically appealing to the point where they want to click the link um, and and go and check out your stuff, yeah. right? And so that's definitely there. So uh, I guess those are the two main things that I can really say is that knowing what you sound like so you can know what your target audience may potentially be. And even if those, uh, even if that doesn't happen, right? Because ads, they don't have to be successful all the time. They like, I mean, I will, I will, Again, applaud the person who runs the perfect ad and gets like perfect numbers, right? Like that doesn't happen always from the first try. You always have to be retargeting and figuring out, okay, this is where this audience didn't do so well. What can I do better to uh, like, wh what what target audience do I now have to change to? What, what parameters do I change, right? So running ads is not just a one click, one thing. It keeps going and whatever, you know, That'll eventually happen once you figure out what your audience is and what they're looking for. But right. for the first few ads, you might have some hits and you have, might have some misses and you just have to learn from there. But again, the point of an ad is to really just get your get 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 eyes and ears to your to your content. Right. Um, so, yeah. And, and also, again, um, uh, I guess like putting aside money to do that is very important. Right. right. Um, I just saw a tweet. I don't know if you know the rapper Aklesso. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. So I think he's in Miami, so he's not too far away from me. But yeah, yeah, he is, yeah, yeah, he is Miami. So, uh, Aklesa just tweeted saying that if your music is not making you over forty k a year, please go and get a job. Wow. Right. Like, wow. Yeah, that's like very important, right? Because again, we all love to do this. Like everyone loves to do creative stuff, like full time and all that stuff. But you know, again, this is money, and you're right. not going to borrowing loans or whatever to be doing this stuff right, right. like you you need some sort of income and you right. know that might mean like putting in that grunt work and, and and doing that job um so that you can position yourself to make it a full-time thing god willing right yeah. um so definitely have have the capital ready um but also like run some of that to ads you know on top of your production and mixing all that stuff run that with ads and promotion um, know your audience and then make your vision, make your ads visually appealing and sonically appealing. So if that means talking to someone who is like a graphic designer who can put, uh, you know, dope clips together and put your music together and put animations on it, yeah. do it. Right. But if, because that'll just boost, um, the likelihood of people listening to your stuff. So, yeah, no, I, I appreciate that. And, and you, you touched on a lot of really good concepts and, uh, theories that can be applied, not theories, but just kind of like the the overall knowledge that can be applied. So let, let's like dig into that a little bit deeper uh, without getting too intricate into the details. So I'll give you guys an example. Um, first off, let, let's, let's, let's lay the groundwork for marketing. And some of you guys may be familiar with this concept. Some of you may not. So uh, Prodigal mentioned warm audiences before, and um, I want to kind of define that, right? So in marketing, there there are what what are called 
a, a cold audience, a warm audience, and a hot audience. So a cold audience is somebody that's never heard of you, uh, never heard of your music, but they're generally interested in the product or service that you're offering. So that means that they like music. Uh, specifically, they might like a particular genre, whatever genre you're in, if it's hip hop, rock, whatever it is that you're uh, uh, considered, right? And some of, some of us are multi-genre, but whatever is the bulk of your, of your artistry. Then dive, dive a little bit deeper into that. And that's where Prodigal was saying, know yourself, know your music. Uh, do you sound like this artist? Do you sound like that artist? Uh, so you may fit, you know, Lecrae's, uh, you know, CHH sphere was a Christian hip hop sphere, but you may sound more like you said, Lil Uzi. So there might be a combination of those two audiences that you could target and that drives it a little bit more niche. If you get too niche, then unfortunately that may not necessarily work out for you in the marketing world because there's too, the too little people to, to actually make an impact for you financially. Uh, but if you get too broad, then, then you're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and, and hoping that it lands. So define that audience, cold audience. Again, they don't know who you are, but they're generally interested in your product. Warm audiences, they've heard of you before. Um, they may not necessarily be ready to buy your product or service, uh, but they're, they're kind of in the market. So that means they're ready to listen to you, to some music. They might want to work out to a new song and they're kind of like browsing, you know, whether it's Instagram or TikTok, wherever, and, and they're already in the mindset, whether they know it or not, that they want to consume new music. And then of course, a hot audience is they're ready to pounce. They just need that in front of them right then and there. So how do you get that cold audience, warm audience, and hot audience with paid ads? It really depends. And this is kind of the the, the strategy that I was uh, talking to, to Prodigal about the other day um, that I've seen has worked. And that's really focusing on building your brand, your brand recognition. So your name um, that is recognizable to, to, to people um, far and wide as far as can be, right? Because music you mentioned is not a very profitable thing as far as if somebody listens to your song one time on Spotify, you get 0.003, I think cents per one stream, right? So if you get one person to listen one time, that's definitely not going to pay your light bill. Um, so you need as many people as possible to listen as many times as possible. So that's why you cast as wide, wide a net as possible. Um, so when you build that brand recognition, uh, hopefully you have enough people on board that would potentially listen to your music, then you have brand strength, which means that you're consistent. Typically, you, you're putting out music or singles, as we mentioned earlier, um, on a consistent basis, or at least that you're catering to your audience depending on what they need. Um, I've seen that with our group, Foundation, uh, we have a little bit of an older audience so that they're used to the, the album um, mode of, of releasing music and consuming music. They're actually willing to listen to a full album as opposed to just singles. So that release strategy actually works a little bit better for us knowing our audience, but that's something that we've come to learn and find out over a 10 year period, right? That doesn't trial and error, right? There you go, man. Trial and error. Yeah. And, and that's the whole point is that like, again, when I came into it, I was just like, it took me a minute to realize that, Oh, maybe I shouldn't have done the album, Rob. Maybe I should have just dropped singles because yeah, you um, have no data to go off of because of the sound and uh, audience that I'm trying to target, which is a younger audience with a trap sound that are so used to listening to workout playlists or, or uh, other, you know, just getting it like on that release radar, I guess, and then listening to it and then keep going. Right. But you got to keep getting them warm to you and then hopefully hot so that they'll be ready to pounce. Like you said. 
Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, if you're so, so what I would, as far as a, a strategy for any new artist, I would focus on building that brand. And if you do paid ads, um, I personally wouldn't recommend, and some people would, would, would advise against this, but I personally wouldn't recommend uh, going in for the sale right away. I would personally recommend creating kind of like a general, uh, a pool of people that will buy into your brand first. So that's technically you're buying their attention, right? And, and, and I mean, there's dozens of, of marketers and, and people on the internet that, that are saying, even if a service is free, it's not because ultimately people are buying your attention and then you're, you're selling your attention to them, right? So buying their attention, um, you know, catching them uh, essentially uh, in an oversaturated market and, 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 and allowing them to pay attention to what you have to offer that's different from everybody else. And that's what you have to define too. Um, I think that that Prodigal has a unique uh, opportunity because of who he is, his background, his ethnicity, and then also his talent. So all of that combined makes him uniquely him that really no one can replicate that, right? And I think that that's what Lecrae and some of the other artists that were early in the CHH game were able to benefit from is there weren't a lot of CHH artists. There weren't a lot of people, uh, maybe, you know, I, I hate to put it this way, but maybe there was like, you know, a, a, a Toby, Toby Mac who, you know, was kind of like a white dude from, you know, suburban America and putting out music for, you know, Christian soccer moms, which is cool. There's nothing wrong with that. But when like Lecrae came in, he, he came in from like basically representing what I would say authentic hip hop was at the, at the time and still is right somebody who who was ethnic somebody who was uh black um and to say it explicitly and somebody who came from those hoods but then speaking a message that was uh almost paradoxical to hear from somebody who came from that type of environment um so i think that that's where we have to as artists and, and i've struggled with this i'll be honest with you guys i've struggled with finding that unique product offering or rather my unique brand in a market that's oversaturated. There's a dozen plus, you know, people trying to make Latin music, uh, you know, in Tampa alone. Right. And, and, and if you expand that to, to the world wide web, now you're competing with the whole world. Like it's crazy. So as, as much as you can define that for yourself, like, like do that, build up your brand, like I said earlier. And then when you when you start running um, those ads, focus on building that brand. Now that you know that you have people's attention, the retargeting that, that you mentioned, uh, Prodigal, I think that that's where it would be helpful knowing that people have visited your pages and we can get all technical on how to, to retarget people and stuff like that, Facebook pixels and whatnot. Um, but I won't get into that in this video. Uh, once, you, once you've built up your brand, you can then <laughs> go yeah. in you know yeah, that I, higher level you know what i mean here and, uh, say that like i'm the best at retargeting or really like looking into it and that's something that i definitely need to improve on is that you know like figuring out like what exactly i need to tweak so i can get better results right. um and also when you were talking about like standing out on your own uh, standing out from the crowd right like yeah on my background like my background is indian well Malayali, like i'm from south india um right. from kerala uh, i'm catholic uh, and yep. in Catholicism from a smaller right called Sir Malabar. So like, yeah. I am like, you know, I used to think like when I got into this thing, I'm like, yo, I feel so like alienated from everything because like, it's like, everything's just kind of like working against me. You know, I'm Indian. Uh, I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm Catholic. Um, 
even in the Catholic circle, I'm from a smaller right. So like no one, I mean, people might have heard about it, but not really like, you know, just know anything about it. So like, will I be completely accepted and all these things? But right. I'm realizing over time, it's like, oh, those are my biggest strengths. Yep. Right. Like those are yep. the things that keep make me unique. And so um, I'm also like uh, kind of figuring out ways to like include my culture and, um, yeah. you know, just um, kind of, um, celebrate the culture a bit more uh in in future releases and content and stuff so yeah, yeah. definitely gonna be tapping into that to kind of like uh lift up my brand a little bit i think that's that's super helpful um i, I heard this once and i don't know if ruslan said it or somebody else said it but think of yourself 10 years ago even five years ago right who you are so you defined yourself you you said you know you're you're indian but you're not just the people i mean india is such a big like demographic like the, you could break it down south indian north indian like it's it's so multicultural there to begin with and unfortunately we were very ignorant on <laughs> in the western hemisphere but but give you giving you guys a little bit of of uh of uh i don't know in indian education i guess um my wife is is, is uh from kerala as well so I, i've learned through her uh about the sierra Malabar church and uh, about uh, you know, South India and, and more importantly, like Kerala, Kerala Indians, uh, Malayalis, um, and just learning about the culture, man. And, and like you said, playing up on your, on your strength and, 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 and defining those little things that may be meaningless to like the larger world, but actually mean a whole lot to you. And I think, you know, I think, I think along the way, when we strive to be like these big name artists like Kanye West, like they've they've already amassed millions of and millions and millions of of fans that they don't necessarily need to define that particularly because they've already been known for that, right? So um I guess what I'm trying to say is if you can picture yourself five to ten years uh younger and figure out your qualities that make you who you are, whether it's your faith whether it's um, that you came from a large family, ethnic background, like write all those things down and then try to define it in a way where uh, there's a nice overlap where, that, where, 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 where there could be a large enough audience to come to a show in Houston where, you know, where Prodigal is based out of or in Tampa where I'm based out of. And now you know that, hey, that's, that's your primary target audience uh and then hopefully you can expand from there because uh that's the thing it's like you have you have your your main core fans that will hopefully let other people know through word of mouth advertising which we know is like the best form of advertising and it's technically free um through word of mouth advertising who you are your music whether they're listening to to it on you know a friend's playlist or whatever it is um and then you know it expands from there right that's really what Lecrae did that. I mean, Lecrae used to play at small churches. I remember seeing him at a small church here in Orlando and it wasn't that small, to be honest. I mean, it was, it was considered a mega church, but relative to, you know, some of the larger venues he's played in more recent years, like he, he started in, you know, that was the core audience, right? It was, you know, just youth group kids. Um, and then it grew from there. And eventually, you know, he was able to land, you know, these big time festivals and, and, and concerts and whatnot. And I think people forget that. I think it's easy to, 
to, to kind of compare yourself to these big name artists without realizing that they had a core fan base that was made up of, of, of a very small percentage of people who were very much like them growing up, maybe five, 10 years before that. And I think for me too, it's like, you know, I didn't, I didn't really come from like that hip hop background. So like I came from like more of a rock and metal background. Mm-hmm. Me, even like for me, like playing small shows is fun. Yeah. You know, a lot of metal bands do that. Like these right. infinite, uh, shows and like these crazy mosh pits that are going on. And I'm just yeah. like, you know, I want to do that, you know, cause the energy is still like so much more palpable. Right. right. So like, for me, like the concept of starting small, was never like a, a big detractor you know or like a disappointing thing where i'm like oh i have to put and i'm like no we got to respect the grind you got to put in the grind like the grunt work right so if you want to see fruits of your labor you gotta do the shows that you might not want to do or like you know just but it's all about getting your name out there people recognizing who you are and your brand yeah man i'm glad you said that doing the shows that you don't want to do and there's a lot of grunt work that needs to be done in the beginning things that you don't want to do like we've talked about this budgeting like figuring out where your revenue is going to come from to fund your enterprise right like figuring out what an llc is and being able to to incorporate keeping your numbers uh you know tracking all that stuff for accounting purposes and tax purposes uh, to, you know, outsourcing or learning the trade yourself, whether it's graphic design, mixing and mastering and all that good stuff. I mean, it's definitely, it can definitely be overwhelming, but, but here's the thing, like, if you have a, if you have a very profound why in your, in your heart, right? Not just to get money, not just to get famous. I mean, those things should be byproducts of, uh, pretty much any field where you become successful at what you do. If you're, if you're successful enough, both of those things will happen in no matter what industry you're in. So that's, that should not, that should not be a goal to pursue. That's just going to be a byproduct. The goal I think is the things that you can control, which are your work ethic, which are the knowledge that comes from learning your industry and learning all sorts of different facets. Cause you are a CEO, you're sitting in the founder's chair of your own enterprise, unless you're part of a band, which then again, you're part of a, a, a pool of co-founders essentially. Right. And, and your product or your service is your music and your performances, right? That's the product that you're pitching is your music, your merch, maybe. Uh, and your performances are your service. You're providing a service to people, whether it's, you know, a form of fellowship or, or, or coming together of sorts, providing people good memories, a, a good time. Um, so once you start looking at it from that perspective, I think I think the whole world kind of shifts away from how do I make myself big and grand to hey, like what problem am I solving here, or or how am I adding value to to this particular genre or to this particular um, community that I'm in. I don't know. What do you think about that? Yeah. I mean, you know, and and I think again, time is like very important, right? Like the amount of time that you take to realize those things, right? The amount of time you take to, to, to learn what an LLC is or like the, the amount of time you take to learn other crafts, like, for me, like time is money. And I think it's a, it's a sentiment shared by a lot of people, right? Like you said, like the byproduct, the goal shouldn't be to be famous or to make money because again, those are byproducts of, you know, you know, if you are uh, called for that, if that's in your, in your future. Right. Um, but 
you know, like the amount of time that you invest to know what your value is to a certain space. Mm-hmm. I think that's like very, um, very important. And I think uh, a lot of people overlook that. A lot of people just want, because again, we're in like a fast food culture uh, yeah. right now. Um, and, you know, I, I think there's a special, there's special graces that are also released <laughs> when we, when we, uh, when we are able to sit in patience and to like really ride out the storm. Um, and so, um, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I have to say about that. It's, 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 Uh it's a long process and I'm just two years in and I'm already saying it's a long process. Right. But, and you've been doing it for 10 years, you know, what a long process is like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? But like, for me, like, um, like I'm feeling it and you know, Mm -hmm. it's not full time for me yet. Right. Like I'm, I have a job, I have, you know, I'm putting in money and like, you know, I've, some people might want to say that it's an expensive hobby, but I'm honestly, that's not where I want to be at. I, I hopefully, you know, God willing that I do want to make it full time. If I, you know, have those platforms ready to go, if I am running my ads properly, if I do have a hot audience that's hot enough to like jump on my stuff, then, you know, then that's, that's, you know, that's the goal right there. It's just to have a fan base that connects with you, uh, have create content and create music that's compelling for even new audiences. Right. But also something that relates to uh, the people who are rocking with you right now. Um, and just be able to just live out your life through the the way that you really want to live. You know, sometimes, you know, for me, like, I'm not really like kind of like the nine to five kind of guy, but like I do it because I need to, because there is a goal for me, you know? And so uh, that's, that's really what keeps me going is that sometimes I just want to be like, I'm done with this, you know, but I'm like, and I have a bigger goal and, and, and I have to put in the hard work right now so that I can kind of live out my, my dreams um, in the future. Yeah, man. And you know, I've, I mentioned earlier in this conversation, I've, I've pivoted away from making music my my ultimate dream as a full-time career and realized that, um, like you mentioned, you're not a nine-to-five guy. Like, I've realized that I'm I'm really an entrepreneur at heart. Like, that's what, that's what motivated me in the beginning. And I had to figure that out through the process and the journey to really come out and say like, I'm just an entrepreneur. Music happened to be the product or service that I was offering, but that I can pivot at any time. So when you learn these skills, anything from, like you said, legal finance, uh, so on and so forth, you can easily transfer that to really any business endeavor moving forward. And that makes you like 10 times more valuable than the person who just sits and watches and and waits for something to happen to them. Uh, right. Either that or they get it taken advantage of in, in, in whatever situation that they're in, meaning that they get signed to a label. Cool. They sit there with a pool of artists. They don't make a dime. And then eventually they have to pay back the money because they got an advance on a contract that they didn't read. They didn't know the language. They didn't understand how the inner workings of a contractor or how music. They didn't, they didn't get a lawyer. They didn't get a lawyer, things like that. And oftentimes they're in desperate situations because they didn't have a job, right? They didn't have a plan B. Uh, and that's, man, I'm, I'm very grateful for this journey. And, and while I still love making music, like I've realized that my passion for creativity, entrepreneurship, business was really what, what the foundation of that music journey was for me uh, and why I enjoy having these conversations with up and coming artists, because 
not not to say that you know I don't still have that chance to make it happen for me. I'm just not focused on that. I'm focused on some something a little bit different. But I can relate to a lot of what Prodigal is saying in the beginning of his journey. And for the record, I mean, I think I would say that most business owners would say that it takes at least five to ten years to really see the fruits of your labor when starting any business, especially when starting a business from scratch. Like if you're buying a business, it's a little bit different. But if you're starting a business from scratch, which you should consider your music a business unless you're trying to make it a hobby, which, uh, you know, we've been talking about it more from a business perspective. um, It's going to take five to 10 years at least. So that patient grind, like you mentioned, prodigal is, is, is huge. And that's a, that, I mean, that's, that's a virtue, right? Patience is a virtue. And, and that's very true in business as well. Um, you know, we've covered a lot and I definitely don't want to oversaturate, you know, this conversation with, with tons of topics, because I'm sure we could go, I mean, 10 hours talking about stuff like this. Um, but I definitely want the audience to, 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 be wanting for more and then of course do their own research. You mentioned a lot of free resources that are out there online from Jay Crum to Ruslan, uh, people that we've learned from in the past. Um, I used to follow this guy named Manifest. I don't know if he still does stuff like that. Adam Ivey, uh, Burstamo is another great page. If you haven't heard of those guys, um, they're music marketing. They're like, they have an actual music marketing agency and they share their, 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 um, I guess their wisdom with artists. Um, but, you know, between Prodigal and myself, we're, we're, we're kind of like, I would say, small time artists or entrepreneurs uh, sharing, you know, these nuggets of wisdom, if you will, uh, with you guys just to kind of impart that and also to learn ourselves. So if you have any comments uh, as far as what we've discussed, we definitely love to hear from you guys. Um, I should have been saying this throughout the video, but, you know, definitely comment in the comment section below as far as what. Uh, things you thought of throughout this conversation from, you know, building your business, building your brand, running ads, marketing, so on and so forth, budgeting, even what are things that have worked for you and what are things that haven't worked. Um, And for the last, you know, minute or so, I want to give Prodigal the stage here, the platform to share all his socials and where you can find his music. Um, So, so take it away, man. Yeah, man. So right now, I'm actually well, a couple of weeks away from dropping an EP called Son of the Light. Um, that's about five songs. Um, and, you know, it's it, it's been great. It's I've had a three month rollout. I've released three singles and just really pushing that and, and really getting some traction on those singles as well has been great, especially for Glow. Um, Glow is one of my singles. So Glow, GMS and War Dogs I released with Rockstar JT. Um, but yeah, that's going to be part of the EP, Sound of the Light. It's coming out September 24th, um, and it's going to be a dope release. Um, and, you know, after that, we'll see what the future holds. Um, you know, I'm planning other projects and stuff, but, um, you know, just just really just planning out uh, strategically as to, like, what I need to do next. Um, but uh, my socials are uh, Instagram and Facebook and Twitter at It's Prodigal. Uh, B-R-O-D-I-G-Y-L. It's a little different. So uh, it's like Prodigy, but with an L. But don't call me Prodigy because <laughs> a lot of people <laughs> call me that. Um, but um, yeah, so we have those socials. And then on TikTok, you can find, find me on uh, at Prodigal Music. 
Um, I've been, you know, posting. I think that's one thing that I do need to be better at is posting consistently on TikTok. That's the that's the main thing. Like I, you know, I'm, and that's why I'm coming up with content ideas. I just need to implement them. So, but that's definitely some a platform that I really want to grow on. So definitely follow me on there, Prodigal Music. And, and the biggest ways that you can support Prodigal are definitely following him on social media. So he mentioned all his platforms. Please do me a solid. If you learned anything from this podcast, if you found any of this content valuable, go to his pages right now, hit that follow button. And then whenever he posts content, make sure to like it and comment on it because, yo, the algorithm is uh, our friend and our enemy. Uh, and the way that we can make it our friend is through you guys. And that's by supporting with a like. Liking it is free. Commenting is free. You don't have to buy anything, okay? Following is free. You know, maybe just spending a couple minutes a day uh, consuming the content and learning more about Prodigal. Bright young guy who's coming out the gate, like I said, with professionalism, uh, with humility and quality music, man. Um, I could see him going far in this journey, but again, without your support, you know, it's it, it's a moot point to try to do all this stuff without really um, having an audience to do it for. Uh, for myself, I run a small digital media and marketing agency. It's NTS Media, so you could follow me on there, ntsmedia.co on Instagram, or you can follow my artist page. I, I post a lot of you know creative content for brands and myself, uh, music as well, and my family. I, I like to share personal stuff on there from time to time, uh, and that's at nicosantana.co. Uh, if you're interested in becoming a part of an artist community that really wants to invest in, in, in artists like myself and like Prodigal and, and, and even you, uh, go to patreon.com forward slash Nico Santana. I'm strategizing and kind of planning that out uh, to make sure that it's a community for artists built by artists. Uh, and that way I can give back to artists like Prodigal, uh, whether it's through sponsoring uh, videos or music or, or, or giving them the appropriate one-on-one -on -one support whenever they have questions on things like DistroKid or music marketing or whatever it is. So feel free to, you know, go on there and check out all the uh, different tiers. Artist and creator tier is specifically for artists, but if you just want to be a supporter on there, feel free to do that. Um, much love, guys. Please hit that subscribe button. Uh, press that like button for me. Again, if you found in this, any of this content valuable, share it with a friend that you know makes music. And um, yeah, until next time, much love, peace. Yeah.